A Light to the Nations is a production of the Ephesus School Network. Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the midst of the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, before him all the days of our life. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode 26 of A Light to the Nations. I'm your host, Father Fred Shaheen. From the very beginning, the Gospel of Luke proclaims that it is the Lord, the God of Israel, who has visited and redeemed his people, just as he spoke by the mouths of his prophets. These words, uttered by Zechariah the priest in chapter 1, set the tone for the narrative that will unfold throughout Luke's Gospel. In chapter 4, Jesus is rejected as a prophet by the people in Nazareth who expect one of their own to do their bidding. Jesus reminds them how the prophets Elijah and Elisha were bound to do only the will of God, even to the exclusion of the people of Israel. In chapter 6, Jesus delivers his messianic law in the hearing of the people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and even from the far-off coastal areas of Tyre and Sidon. And immediately following the giving of that law, at the start of chapter 7, we hear two healing stories back-to-back in which grace is extended to the outsider. In the Gospel of Luke, it is God who defines his people— God who calls them, God who instructs them in his laws and statutes, and God who visits them with gracious acts of healing through the work of his prophets. Today we are hearing the first of these two healing stories from Luke chapter 7, and this passage appears in the church lectionary for Saturday, October 21st. Let's begin by hearing Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Now when he had concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. 
Therefore I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned around, and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had been sick. This passage and the one that follows are connected by the phrase, Now it happened the day after that, which means Jesus' raising of the widow's son at Nain happened the day after he healed the centurion's servant. In both passages, Luke makes reference to an earlier part of his gospel. In chapter 4, when Jesus was in Nazareth, his hometown, he was reading in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and the people hearing him marveled at his words and then questioned his identity. Isn't this Joseph's son? Their focus on Jesus being one of their own prompts him to cite two examples from Scripture in which a prophet of Israel was sent exclusively to someone outside of Israel to offer healing the raising by Elijah of the widow of Zarephath's son in the region of Sidon from 1 Kings 17, and the healing of Naaman the Syrian of leprosy by Elisha from 2 Kings 5. In citing these two passages, Jesus underscores that in both there were many who were in need in Israel, but the prophets were sent to people on the outside. Then in chapter 7, Jesus himself does two healings that are meant to recall the two older passages from First and Second Kings. The raising of the widow's son at Nain in Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 16, is virtually a repeat of what Elijah did when he visited the widow in Zarephath, that is, outside of Israel, and brought her son back to life. But the healing of the centurion's servant, which we hear in this passage, looks back to the other episode Jesus mentioned in chapter 4, the healing of Naaman the Syrian, in a way that isn't as obvious. In both instances, the call for healing comes from a Jew on behalf of someone who is not a Jew. Here in Luke, the centurion reaches Jesus by sending elders of the Jews to him and pleading that he should come and heal his servant. They beg Jesus earnestly and vouch for the centurion, saying he is deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. In Second Kings, it is a young captive maiden from Israel who initiates the healing of the commander of the army of Syria by telling her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet of God in Samaria, for he would expel his leprosy from him. However, while in Second Kings, the healing of the military leader takes place at the instigation of the servant girl, in Luke, that order is reversed. Here, it is the servant who receives healing at the prompting of the military leader, the centurion. The healing of the servant calls to mind Mary's words of praise to the Lord from chapter 1. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. That's verse 54. 
This emphasis on a servant being healed is also reflected in the statement that the centurion, although a commander over hundreds, considers himself a servant, for I also am a man under authority, he says. In both cases, the healing takes place from a distance without either of the prophets being present. In Luke, the centurion sends servants to Jesus to tell him not to come to his house. Not only does he consider himself unworthy to receive Jesus under his roof, but he also considers that he is unworthy to go to Jesus himself. Thus he sends friends with a message, Say the word and my servant will be healed. In 2 Kings, Elisha the prophet sends messengers to Naaman with instructions to bathe in the Jordan River, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean, it says in chapter 5, verse 10. Interestingly, here Naaman initially responds with anger because the prophet did not come to meet him himself. And also, he is skeptical that the Jordan, Israel's river, could have the power to heal him and not the rivers of his own Damascus. It is only at the insistence of others, note again how these are said to be servants, that Naaman is convinced to follow the instructions of the prophet Elisha and is thus cleansed. After Jesus raises the widow's son at the gate of the city, Luke tells us, Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. These two passages in Luke are meant to be heard together. Both are examples of the grace of God going to outsiders intentionally as a witness to the Jews, those considered on the inside in order to teach them both the sovereignty of God, that his grace goes out freely to whomever it wills, and what the correct response to it should be. Unlike the people in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, these crowds who witness him act out of compassion and raise up a widow's son realize that God has visited them through the mighty works of a great prophet among them. And then this report about Jesus is said to go out specifically into all Judea and the surrounding region. The detail of Jesus' raising the widow's son near the gate of the city indicates their status as outsiders. In Luke, this sounds like a repeat of the episode of Elijah with the widow at Zarephath, whom he met at the gate of the city just as he was commanded by the Lord. Here, Jesus, acting out of compassion and restoring life to one who is utterly lost, dead even, places him in the care of God his Father as a sheep in his flock. Appropriately, the name of the city Nain in Hebrew is translated green pastures. At the end of the first passage, the one about the healing of the centurion servant, we hear Jesus commend the faith of a Gentile and hold it up as an example to be followed by all. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, notice he is teaching everyone here, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That's chapter 7, verse 9. The conclusions in both of these passages 
One, the exemplary faith of the outsider, and two, the realization that God has indeed visited his people and raised up a prophet among them are key to understanding the rejection of Jesus in his hometown back in chapter 4. There, the people marveled at his words and questioned his identity. As hearers, such a response is suspect to our ears, since Luke had already told us in the previous chapter that Jesus was God's son. Jesus even remarks that no prophet is accepted in his own country, and as if to affirm their rejection of him as the messenger sent by God, Jesus recalls the gracious acts of God that had previously been bestowed on outsiders, that is, on people not considered by them to be his people through his prophets. Then a few chapters later, we hear of Jesus reprising elements from those two passages in the healing of the centurion's servant and the raising of the widow's son. In between chapter 4 and chapter 7, we encounter Jesus delivering the law of the Messiah in chapter 6, which is patterned after the blessings and the curses in Deuteronomy. Significantly, this teaching is delivered by Jesus while he is standing on a level place, in other words, Allah Ezekiel, that is, outside of the temple and the city. In verse 17 of chapter 6, we hear that Jesus teaches in the hearing of his disciples and a great multitude of people, not only from Jerusalem and Judea, that is at the heart of Judaism, but also from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, that is the outlying regions. These all came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And in verse 18, it is affirmed, and they were healed. Thus is reiterated the teaching that God's people are defined by God. They are all who are called by him via the teaching of his Messiah, to receive healing through obedience to his law, the heart of which is the commandment to love. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. Significantly, the story in 1 Kings encompasses more than just God extending his mercy by restoring life. It also demonstrates two key teachings of the law. In giving life to her son in 1 Kings 17, Elijah teaches her how to be hospitable to a stranger by insisting that she give him a little food and water before she provide for herself and her family. He assures her by the word of the Lord in the midst of famine that the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Thus he tests her resolve to put her trust in the Lord via the words of his prophet during a difficult time of drought and famine. This brings us to the conclusion of episode 26 of A Light to the Nations. I'd like to wish all who celebrate a blessed feast of the Holy Apostle and Evangelist Luke which happens in the church on October 18th. And I'd also like to remind you that the scriptural references for the two Old Testament passages, one from 1 Kings and one from 2 Kings, can be found in the notes to this week's show. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to meeting with you again soon.